Welcome to another edition of Innova Health Chat from Innova Health System. Today we are here with Dr. Wayne Batchelor at the Innova Heart and Vascular Institute. He is Director of Interventional Cardiology and Interventional Cardiology Research for Innova. Dr. Batchelor is a member of Innova Cardiology and sees patients at his office in the Innova Specialty Center located across from Fairfax Hospital on Innovation Park Drive. Today we'll be talking with Dr. Batchelor about the new guidelines for daily aspirin for the primary prevention of heart attack and stroke. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. So is it really true that an aspirin a day keeps the doctor away? The answer to that is depends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start off with talking about why um, aspirin is prescribed to reduce the risk of heart attacks and strokes, and does it work? Well, aspirin's been around for millennia. The ancient Egyptians actually used an aspirin-like compound from the bark of a tree to actually treat you know, inflammation and pain, and so it's been around for a long time. A few decades ago, we started to recognize that it could actually reduce um, um, bad outcomes after heart attacks. So we started using it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s to treat heart attack victims, and it really gained a lot of momentum and a lot of attention in the literature. The challenge now is that uh, we've recognized that there's a double-edged sword somewhat to aspirin. In other words, it's very effective to reduce heart attacks and strokes, but it also can cause bleeding in some patients. So the decision as to whether to use the medication often rests on the relationship between the patient's risk of stroke or heart attack or what we call atherosclerotic disease versus bleeding. And that's where the guidelines have changed recently. So, uh, as you just stated, the American College of Cardiology has issued these new guidelines for primary prevention. So, what exactly does primary prevention mean in this case? It's a good question, Jen, and it's important that we distinguish between primary prevention and secondary prevention. Primary prevention is when we're doing something to prevent the first event. So this is really um, relates to healthy people who might have a risk factor or two for heart disease, but have not yet developed cardiovascular or heart disease. So risk factor like family, family history. Right. So they may have no risk factors or they may have risk factors such as smoking, diabetes, high cholesterol, family history, obesity, and other factors. Okay, so tell me about the guidelines. What do they say, and how do you decide who should take aspirin and who shouldn't? Yeah, I think it's important to think about the historical perspective. Uh, Years ago, we used to sort of generally recommend that folks between the ages 40 to 70 years old, most adults, it was actually highly recommended that many of those folks take aspirin, just an 81 milligram dose a day, kind of an aspirin day kind of helps keep the doctor away, so to speak. And uh, what we realized was we might have been doing some harm in some patients for that sort of universal recommendation. So recently, there were uh, several clinical trials that were put together, and we analyzed all those trials together in something called a meta-analysis, which is when you put together the results of multiple studies to really get a lot of information on a particular question. And when we analyzed that meta-analysis recently, we realized that when we included the more recent studies, it turned out that the benefits of aspirin were less than historically um, reported, and the bleeding was still there. Mm -hmm. So we've now, the American College of Cardiology, the American Heart Association, has updated their guidelines as of the spring of last year to downgrade aspirin to only those patients who are at increased risk of having a problem, so age 40 to 70, but with risks that justify taking the aspirin. Now, the way of calculating risk is not easy. Um, It's something that you should discuss with your physician, or you can go online and there's something called an atherosclerotic cardiovascular risk calculator. So glad you got to say that, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's called ASCVD+. 
it's a really useful tool and I'd really encourage people to use it. You can go online, you can download it on your app, and you can plug in your age, your gender, your race, even it's, it's sensitive to, uh, to African Americans and, uh, versus Caucasians, and, um, and your blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and a couple of other factors. And it'll spit out a calculated risk of you having a significant cardiovascular event in the next 10 years. It's really important because if you're low risk, we're no longer recommending that you take aspirin. And the aspirin is now only relegated to patients who are deemed to be at high risk, which means a calculated risk of 20% or more for patients age 40 to 70. Or if you have diabetes and your risk is 10% or more. I can imagine, you know, to your point of it just depends on all these different factors individually. There's kind of a variety of, of different um, tactics you take with every, every patient. Yeah, and I think it's really important for listeners to recognize this is for primary prevention. If you've had a stent, you've had coronary bypass surgery, you've had a heart attack or a stroke already, your doctor may recommend that you stay on aspirin. It's absolutely important that you do that because in those groups of patients, the, the benefits clearly outweigh the risks. Yeah, my grandfather was one of those patients that back in, back a ways ago, you know, took uh, an aspirin every day. Now he lived to 96 and he had yeah. a variety of heart problems, so we yeah. can't complain there, but I do yeah. remember every day him having, having his aspirin. Yes. Um, talk to me about some of the factors that you look at when you're deciding you know, whether to prescribe aspirin. And, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about family history and, yes. and the test results. Anything else that... Yeah, age is very important. Um, your bleeding risk goes up with age. So if you're over 70 years old, um, we have to be very careful about just universal use of aspirin if you're using it for primary prevention. If you're 70 years old and you've had a stent or bypass, et cetera, it may be very valid and very important. So age is an important factor. Um, that risk calculation is very important because it incorporates all of the cardiovascular risk factors in a simple calculation because risk should not be based on one factor. Your cumulative risk is based on the constellation of risk factors that you carry. That may be family history, cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, and other factors. Smoking. So these are all things that, you know, an astute primary care physician or a cardiologist can discuss with you, or you can go online and t sort of determine your own risk with, with that calculator. If your risk calculates at uh, greater than 5%, that's considered um, above low risk. Low risk is less than 5% of a a cardiovascular event on that calculator over the next 10 years. Intermediate risk is considered 7.5% um, uh, to 20% and high risk is considered over 20% on that calculator. So these are all sort of ways in which you can kind of arm yourself with the information necessary to help you go into the physician's office and have that discussion about aspirin and other factors. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners um, out there take aspirin every day. They see the new guidelines. They don't necessarily fit into the category. Um, should they be worried? Should they stop taking yeah. it? What, what's, what do you advise in that regard? I'm really glad you mentioned that because we do have people just stopping aspirin on, you know, on their own without any consultation with their physician. I have really major concerns about that. Some of these patients may be on aspirin, aspirin for valid reasons. Remember, the studies didn't look at patients who were on aspirin and stopped it. These were just patients who didn't have any problems to begin with and uh, or had minimal risk factors and were just taking it up front. So if you've been taking it, before you stop it, it's a good idea to ask, the, ask your, your doctor if it's appropriate. There may be a real reason in your chart for continuing even for, for lifelong periods. 
Got it. Got it. So um, do you consider taking aspirin uh, still an important therapy and why? I do. I do. I think in the right patient. So, you know, if you're over 40 years old, you're diabetic, you smoke or you have cholesterol issues, um, it doesn't take much, especially if you're a diabetic, to get into that higher risk um, cohort or group of patients. And in those patients, just simply taking a baby aspirin a day, the risks may outweigh the benefits. The reality is when we disseminate this universally across the entire sort of population, we do have some, some more bleeding um, events than we, we'd like to see. These tend to be bleeding events through the gastrointestinal tract, but some of them are more serious even into the head. So we, we are very concerned about the more recent data that attenuates or decreases our enthusiasm for recommend, recommending it to everybody. It should be used strategically. Got it. Um, so Inova is a top-ranked hospital in the region for cardiology. What do you think makes Inova stand out as a place to be treated for heart disease? Well, one of the things that Inova has done is created a culture of research and clinical investigation. And it's attracted some of the best physicians in the country to this institution. It's the reason I came here six months ago. And, um, and I've really been impressed with the, character, with the, uh, with the uh, training and expertise of the physicians. There's also um, a, a culture of inter interdisciplinary care. So for example, if you have heart disease at this institution, there are many people who will bring to bear their expertise on decision making. We have surgeons interacting with cardiologists, interacting with radiologists, and uh, image, other imaging expert, experts, vascular surgeons. It's really phenomenal how much thought goes into a lot of the decision making. Many patients don't realize it, but behind the scenes, they're getting not a consult from one person, but they're getting consults from some of the best minds in, across multiple disciplines. I think that really allows us to afford the best decision and, and, and the best expertise to that patient. Great. Comprehensive care. Exactly. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time with us today, and I want to take a moment to say um, Inova Heart and Vascular Institute's clinical capabilities cover the full spectrum of complex cardiovascular and pulmonary care. Inova Fairfax Medical Campus in Falls Church, Virginia is home to IHVI's dedicated heart hospital, which serves as the hub of the system's cardiac, vascular, and pulmonary services. Many services are available at all five Inova hospitals, as well as through a network of physician offices and non-invasive invasive diagnostic imaging locations. To learn more about the services and physicians of Inova Heart and Vascular Institute, please visit www.inovaheart.org. You can get tips and tools for making healthy choices and controlling your risk factors for heart disease and vascular health, including heart healthy recipes from the American Heart Association. Visit inovaheart.org backslash stay healthy to sign up.